Welcome to Questions Without Answers. I'm Clay. And I'm Renee. So um, our first question that we're going to do is why is the cat so annoying? <laughs> run, kitty, run. <laughs> she's, she's, <laughs> she's just running from you. <laughs> Stop, it's so funny. <laughs> you know, I've never quite understood the hurting cat's expression, but that was real fun to watch. Welcome to Questions Without Answers. I'm Clay. And I'm Renee. So our question, our beginning intro question is, what are your biggest pet peeves? Or if you want me to rephrase it, like, what things annoy you that maybe you're like, okay, it shouldn't annoy me, but it really does. Why do people have to turn all the knobs? Turn all the knobs? <laughs> like in, in, I'm going to be specific, like in the fitness room at the gathering place? <laughs> that is one location, but no, it happens everywhere. People are like, Clay, it stopped working. And I'll be like, okay, and I'll come take a look at it. And all of the knobs have been turned <laughs> and i know they don't know what the knobs do so yeah. why did they turn them <laughs> that's hilarious and that would be really frustrating i mean i i'm sure i've done it to you before i don't know i don't know i can't think of any specific i can't either but i'm one of those people who just kind of messes with it <laughs> but good to know i, won't, I mean I won't just that is definitely how you learn like if you want to learn how to oh. work something yeah turn the knobs see what happens but I don't think they have any intention of learning what is happening. I think they just do it randomly. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't have the intention of learning. I just hope that I can fix it. But, um, yeah, that would be really annoying. But at the <laughs> gathering place, I didn't because there were so many knobs. Like, before you got this new thing where you can only turn the knobs that are allowed to oh, be yes. turned. <laughs> Now they can't mess it up. No, because right? they, yeah, they can't mess it up, but they turn, because okay. they would like pan, like there's the left, right, like to make something go to the left speaker, right oh, speaker, gosh. and people would turn those. Oh my word. I never did that. Because I, like you said, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not <laughs> trying to learn. Yeah. Okay. So another one of your pet peeves I know for a fact is people who send you an email and then send you a text saying oh hey i sent you, hey, an, I email. Sent you an email <laughs> just to make sure you got it nowadays so many people just get their email straight to their phone like it's right. practically like a text that's, message that's the thing like if it were you know old school and like you checked your email infrequently it, right. if someone were to call me and say hey did you get my email then i could understand that makes but sense, in the modern sure. age when everything comes to your phone yeah so then i get two dings one being the email and the second one being a text message saying did you see my email <laughs> i i don't understand that <laughs> <laughs> that is so frustrating oh man i that gets me too that doesn't happen as often to me because i'm not like in a position where people email me a ton but when it actually when it doesn't does, ha happen much anymore oh that's good oh, there I was just one person specifically who would do it there was one person who was generally guilty <laughs> of doing that <laughs> we won't add him and I'm, i think he would also call as well 
<laughs> oh gosh. Like hit you from three ways yeah. and it all goes to the same phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man, that's frustrating. <laughs> that's hilarious. So I think that one of mine is um well, first of all, people chugging water. <laughs> Which I don't understand at me. all. It's like you can hear it like going down their throat and it's like just take smaller sips. <laughs> You're not gonna die of star starvation. That's not the right word. Dehydration. Of dehydration. Thank you. And if you're really that thirsty at that point, why didn't you just drink before then? Yep, that's. <laughs> but I... now here's a question: Do you chug water when you're really no, thirsty? No, that's what I was just about to say. So I actually have taught myself how to chug quietly. I can demonstrate anytime. <laughs> you, there's no gulping action. It's just like a fast drink. So I've taught myself to gulp <laughs> silently. And I think other people should do the same. Just like I taught myself in school to sleep with my mouth shut so I wouldn't drool. Because I slept all the time in school. <laughs> Kids don't do that. Unless it's a boring class. Whatever. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> sort of. Okay, so my other biggest pet peeve is because I'm 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 the unofficial social media director of the GP. So I post things promoting events at the gathering place or promoting something all the time. My biggest pet peeve is when people comment a question that was already answered in the original post. Like oh. if I say like a day, a time and a location and mm-hmm. they're like, where is this? Like, my initial response, I want to be like, refer to original post. <laughs> but I can't do that because that's rude. <laughs> but I really want to. <laughs> I hate it when Unfortunately, people... Unfortunately, that is, that is human nature. That oh, my people gosh. People do not read. No, they don't read the whole thing. It drives me nuts. Or I like hate that, emails though. emails or text messages. Like, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be social media, like, work-related. Like, if I already told you in a previous text, like, it... It's different if it's like a week later. You're like, hey, mm-hmm. what time was that again? But like you're actively but having a conversation. Actively having a conversation. I already told you something. And it's already been in a text. Like I want to be like, please refer to two texts ago. <laughs> but like that's rude. So I hate I that. It's, that's one of those things that like how you can type an email and you can like spell check it like five times. Mm-hmm. And then you hit send and then you realize you misspelled something. Oh my gosh. I hate when so I do I feel that. like the same thing happens like sometimes... When you're, uh, I find this happens mostly probably more in forums where you're like trying to learn from other people mm-hmm. and like you're reading through all of the comments from like different people and you're like not seeing what you're looking for. Yeah. And so then you then post you your question and then like you post your com your question mm-hmm. and then you see that someone else already asked it or answered it or whatever. Yep. You're like, no, Dang I'm that it. person. Yep. Yep. I do try to like if I'm if I see on Facebook that someone posted a question, I try to make sure I read all the answers before mm-hmm. I answer because I'm right. like they don't need a hundred people saying the same thing. Right. That was exaggeration. There's not a hundred people that comment on stuff normally. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, okay, I'm really uh, we're moving on already. That was a really quick um, icebreaker, but I'm really excited about this topic. It's we're just going to talk about books and movies today, things that we've like watched recently or read recently or i guess it doesn't have to be recently things that just like have impacted you Mm -hmm. that you've read um so i'm i'm excited about this topic 
because I read a lot and I watch a lot. And there are a few things that I've read or watched recently that I'm like super excited about. I'm curious to see, because uh, all the things that initially come to my mind tend towards the fiction side. I'm curious to see how more, if yours are more serious than mine, or if we're both going to be fiction fun stuff. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. So let's go back and forth. You yep. go first. You say a book or movie recently, and then and then I'll say a book or movie that I. I'll say not recent, about. but um, okay, yeah. Um, the art of I'll racing s- in the rain. <laughs> Did I guess it? Well, I was debating which book I wanted to go with first. Well, now you have to go with that one. Well, okay, I'm I already go with, gave it away. Uh, Art of Racing in the Rain, uh, fiction book. Uh, it's written from the perspective of a dog. Uh, his owner is a, a race car driver, but it's the story of this family. The So it's the dog and his owner, and then he meets a woman, they get married, they have a kid, uh, but it's the story of their life, and it's good in so many ways it just the perspective of the dog is fun especially if you're a dog uh, lover yeah, i'm sure so that's well, really you fun. read me a couple parts of it like when he was de- when the dog was describing uh like racing like how mm-hmm. fast they were going right um so the dog's perspective on things and how humans interact but then also uh i like racing and so then, yes, the author does a phenomenal dro- uh, job of these vivid descriptions of his owner race, of the dog's owner racing cars. And like, you feel like you're there and you feel like the excitement and you're like, oh my gosh, like I almost just like smell the rubber of the tires burning on the road. That's it's, it's that good. But then also um, the storyline about this family, it's just good character development and a, a, a fun, fun story. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So if people were like, I want to read this book, but um, maybe they have like kids, is it like a kid appropriate book or is there like cussing in it? Or? Um, I don't remember. There's probably some language okay. in it. There probably is. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd scan through it first before, yeah. if you, before you read it out loud for your kids. But I actually, I don't even think it would be kid appropriate just as far as as the the subject because uh, oh, okay. the the mother gets ca- gets cancer and oh, so it's the journey it's just of that dark too yeah, n- not dark just not kid appropriate okay. not f- yeah not, not lighthearted enough for a kid <laughs> yeah okay because like you think dog and racing you think like lighthearted mm-hmm. I just didn't want our listeners to be like let's read this as a family no oh my no gosh, not a family book cancer. no <laughs> okay no cool okay so my book that I've been reading. I'm not even actually all the way through yet, is The Road Back to You. And it's by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And I love it. So The Road Back to You is like an Enneagram journey back to like self-discovery, which is kind of just like a, I feel like a millennial thing. Like, I just want to find out who I am. <laughs> but I really, really like it. So The Road Back to You is... Um, from like a Christian perspective, but so far they haven't really brought like too much of that into the picture. It's more just like, let's tell you what each personality type personality type is. So if you don't know anything about the Enneagram, there are nine personality types and everyone in the world fits into those personality types. So there's, um, I'm not going to go through all of them, but the one that I'm, that I just finished reading is the type eight and the eight is a 
challenger. And so this whole time I kind of have had like this one person in mind of like reading the type eight and, um, and it's really cool. So the person I've had in mind is my, my older sister. She's married her husband. His name is Cal and Cal, I hope you're listening to this because it's really cool to that. I feel like I have insight to you and you'd be like, please, no, I don't think you do. <laughs> like Cal, Cal's going to be like, Renee, you're ridiculous. And he's probably rolling his eyes or laughing his head off right now. But I, what I really like about it is Cal is an eight, which means he's a challenger. And I don't like, I could be wrong. Maybe he's not, but I think he is. So it's really cool, though, because this chapter is like how to best have a relationship with an eight with someone who's a challenger. Mm-hmm. And what a challenger is is just people who really like to um, kind of go toe to toe with you. Like they mm, really push back. they push back and they really like that, like open and honest conversation. They want you to be super blunt with them and they want to be super blunt with you. And so I was kind of reading it and this guy tells a story about they're at a a family dinner and he um he has a daughter she's i think she was in college at this point she had just come home i think it was like a thanksgiving family meal and someone like mutters something something under their breath and and this other guy gets upset and starts going off and and yelling at um Oh, it was like an eight-year-old boy. He had just said an offhanded comment. And this adult, like, goes off on him, like, Mm -hmm. and it was about something political. And so this adult man is just, like, kind of destroying this eight-year-old that he probably just, like, repeated something his mom or dad said. Just, like, something political that the mom or dad had said. So the sister, who is a type eight... Um, the author's writing it and the author's like, you could just see that it's about to go down. <laughs> so this, this daughter who's like 18 years old, she's, she's a type eight, which is a challenger. She literally takes her napkin off of her lap, throws it on the table, stands up and just starts laying this guy out. Just like, this is where your argument's wrong. This is what is wrong with you. And you know, should never be yelling at an eight year old. And I know you weren't being direct at him but like he doesn't know better than to say that he's just repeating and she's like going off on this guy Mm -hmm. and um and the guy just like kind of said touche and that was it and so the author was like that's an eight though that means they're both eights because it's just like they kind of wanted to go toe to toe they said their piece and that was it (laughs) it's like and that's like and i just was like interesting like i kind of see Cal in that like he he just really likes to go toe-to-toe with you but like he's not offended he doesn't really like he just wants you to like say what you think Mm -hmm. like he doesn't want you know he doesn't want you just like going around like moping if you got a problem just like say it and I really like that like I'm reading more about the eights and I'm like man I seriously respect Cal because I like, I so wish I could be an eight. There's no BS. There's no BS. You just stand up like you say your piece. You say what you're thinking, and then it doesn't affect you. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm like. I want to be an eight. <laughs> like, it doesn't affect you if people, like, get upset with you or if they, are like, disagree with you. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, as a two, as a helper, like, that bothers me. Because all I want is, is everyone to be happy mm-hmm. with each other. Like, as a two, that's all I want. And... Like, as an eight, it's like, I don't care. So it's so hard for me to understand Cal, but, like, 
I seriously have this respect after reading this. So I'm like, I'm going to go through this book. Like, I'm not quite done with it yet. But I'm excited to kind of just, like, see how I can best have relationships with people who are not twos. Mm -hmm. uh, Who are just, like, so different from me. But that I can just, like learn from them and have more respect for who they are Mm -hmm. so anyways super cool book so far just absolutely love it really cool to see like how the enneagram came about and really what it means and so that's my because you made the comment that seems like a millennial thing but didn't in the opening chapter or introduction say something about it's been around for a long time it's been around for a really long time so i think i'd have to look back but i think they said like the 1700s is when they see like the first parts of it but the 19 early 1900s is when it really took shape Hmm. and then 1970 was when they kind of like took it and ran with it as far as like a christian standpoint goes okay but before that it had some like hindu roots i think and interesting yeah is because um in enneagram actually like in there an enneagram institute uh, at least that's the website. I don't know, like, exactly. Okay. I didn't I know if know. someone had taken it made yeah. it, like, a, an official copyrighted thing or not. Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. That's not in the opening chapter. Oh. So, I don't know. But it's really cool. I'm excited to learn about, like, other people and how to interact with them. It teach. It also, this was really cool. It's, like, how to be a good co-worker. Like, if they work with you or if mm-hmm. they work under you, uh, how to, like, best manage them. Gotcha. So that's been really cool to read, too, because, I, you know, I've got a lot of coworkers and we're definitely different personality types. And so just how to best get along with them, uh, you know, without this, like, huge misunderstanding. And then as a two, just having my feelings hurt. So, um, so yeah, it was really cool. I really like it. I really think that it'd be good for marriages, too. Just like this is, just so that we know, like, this is who I am and this is why I do the things I do. And I want, why are you laughing? Um, I'm laughing because just the other day I was talking to uh, my friend David and Sarah. And uh, Sarah was saying that she kind of doesn't like that David's really getting into the Enneagram stuff now as well, because she'll start to say or do something, and Dave will be like, all right, well, you can do that, but when you're upset later and doing X, Y, and Z, that's your personality type, it, you know, I want you to know that I told you <laughs> or something. Oh my gosh, that's so So he's funny. like telling her, like predicting how she's going to react to situations, and she's not liking that she's being scene scene (laughs) yeah yeah that's the hard part about the enneagram too because a lot of it is like it shows you your negative qualities and you're like oh crap like that is so me and it's like it's eye-opening in like a frustrating way because it's like i really didn't want to see that in myself but also like that's kind of like part of the self-discovery is like discovering the parts that are like not so great about yourself so Mm -hmm. then you can become a better version of you and kind of not do those like bad parts of yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like not continue to kind of downward spiral into this person who is an unhealthy version of you. Gotcha. So then the Enneagram helps you like at the end of each chapter, it gives you 10 steps to be a healthier version of you. And it's really cool. So anyways, I just feel like everyone should do it. I think it's really great for marriages because like, you can understand why someone's responding the way they are Mm -hmm. and then figure out how to best then 
interact with them or respond to them. Like, you're not an eight, but if I was married to an eight, like, I would just go toe-to-toe with you. Like, or, I mean, not always, but (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that would just create a really bad thing. But in, in some situations, anyways, it's just really cool. So, there's my non or yeah that's my non-fiction book yours was fiction mine was non-fiction okay now i'm gonna go to a movie this is actually not a movie i would recommend i just we watched it recently and so okay. it's on my mind i don't remember we just watched the first man the oh, other yeah, night yeah. the mm. story of neil armstrong mm-hmm. the first man who stepped on, on the moon so I, I really enjoy space and space exploration and just the whole story of the, the race to the moon mm-hmm. in the 60s. Um, particularly, I've followed the Apollo 13 mission. Uh, I've read Jim Lovell's book about that, the accident, etc. So I'm interested in Apollo. And so movie coming out about Apollo, like I'm interested, I want to see it. I did not enjoy yeah. it at all. Oh. I ended up like not finishing it, right? Because yeah, I think you, I was like tired, you, but also it, like wasn't interesting, so I just like mm-hmm. went to bed. Yeah, like I th- I thought about turning it off because it was the storyline was boring, and you didn't like the way that they portrayed. And I do not like the way they p- portrayed Neil Armstrong. Neil, Neil Armstrong. I don't know the man, uh, but just to paint someone who is such an icon. In such a poor light. I just, mm-hmm. it seemed unnecessary. My understanding of him, just because after watching the movie, I was curious, you know, what kind of person was he? You know, I did see a lot of things saying that he was a shy man, he didn't like the limelight, etc. And they could have portrayed him that way, but they portrayed him in this really moody, brooding, yeah. like awful. Like mean and standoffish. Yeah, awful light. Mm-hmm. And I just, like I don't it. know. I just didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I'm all about accuracy, and but yeah, well, it just didn't sit right with me. Part of me, like at first, I understood it because like they lost their daughter at two years mm-hmm. old, so that makes sense. Like you're probably just like not the best version of you mm-hmm. at the beginning, but then it'd been like years and years and years, and like I know those things like still sting, but he was still like angry and just like standoffish it just didn't make sense and they didn't i felt like because the movie tried to cover the entirety of his career Mm -hmm. from you know when he was a test pilot flying the x-15 all the way to the landing on the moon you got no depth to the story i think that's what like if you could have gotten into who he was more and why he acted that way Mm -hmm. had some sort of character development like that makes then sense. I think I, I could have handled it, mm-hmm. but it left out so much trying to cover so much uh-huh. that it was just this humdrum movie. I that feel like sense. there was no, yeah. there was no, you know, building of a story and mm-hmm. resolution of the story. It was just this flat line storytelling I, yeah, from beginning to the end. Like I think that, yeah, I think he lands on the really moon well. yeah. and you're kind of going, Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, after you watched the movie, you watched an interview, right? Oh, yes. So tell, tell them about that. Uh, so I am a firm believer that we landed on the moon. Just There are way too many things pointing to the fact that we did it. I haven't seen anything that would lead to me to believe that we faked it. 
but these the interview that I watched it's um it was a press conference after they got back from landing on the moon. All three of them are so awkward and unexcited that it was like the first time I ever had this little bit of feeling of like, maybe it didn't. Are happen. they lying right now? <laughs> yeah. Are they so uncomfortable right now that they're lying and like they're being made to lie? Yeah. And I didn't watch it, but you telling me, yeah, I was like, that's crazy because because. Like, you, we've never talked about it being, like, ever mm-hmm. a thing that didn't happen. Right. And so, you're, like, bringing it up and you're, like, the interview was weird. Mm-hmm. So, I was trying to do a little bit more research on it. I haven't gotten a chance to really dive into it. But I still, I still believe that it happened. I think it just is they were exhausted. Mm-hmm. For one thing, the trip to the moon is eight days round trip. And you're stuck in a can. Mm-hmm. So, that's... Not good for your mental state. Yeah. They get back from this mentally exhausted. Like, they all, you know, knew that they could die. Like, Mm -hmm. they knew they could possibly get to the moon and never make it back. So, there's that stress. There's all of the mental stress of the things they had to do to make the mission come off perfectly. Mm -hmm. Then they get back and they're in quarantine for several weeks. I can't remember off the top of my head. Why? Uh, We didn't know if there were germs on the moon. Interesting. So when they got back, they were put in quarantine because if there happened to be some unknown germ on the moon, they didn't want to kill planet Earth. It's a good thing someone Earth. thought about that. <laughs> I would not have thought about that. So they were in quarantine for weeks after the moon landing. So the press conference was, it was after that? It was after that. And it was like, I need to find out details. I was just reading what some people were saying of how things went down. So I haven't read the actual timeline exactly what happened, but mm-hmm. t- seems to be the, the timeline is so they had the mission, they got back, they're in quarantine for weeks on end. Then they're made to do this like world tour or country oh, tour, wow. some sort of tour, you know, going and, you know, basically being like shown off. Mm-hmm. And these guys are also not, they're, they're not public speakers. Mm-hmm. They're engineers. They're test pilots. Mm-hmm. These are not guys who are used to being in front of people. So mm-hmm. mental exhaustion, weeks of uh, solitude. Yeah. Being social toured, exhaustion. Social <laughs> exhaustion being toured around the country. So I'm starting to see, okay, I could understand why mm-hmm. this press conference was so awkward and strange. But it was still very... I didn't watch the whole thing, but it was... It was really weird to watch them being interviewed. Yeah. It was strange. I'm sure. Do you know, is that where, like, the theory started? Like, people saw this interview and they said, You know, I don't know. I don't either. It's funny because I have in... I don't follow the, you know, the moon hoax thing, but, like, I've known of of its existence. But I've never heard the press conference thing at all. Like, I feel like... Interesting. Yeah. For as awkward and as bad as it was, I feel like they would but lead with people that. People would be like, "Did but you see I've, the press conference?" I've never seen that before. I've always seen all of the how they walked on the moon, mm-hmm. like the skipping thing or the flag waving improperly. It wouldn't do that if there was no air. You know, all of these like scientific things, but I've never seen the personal side of it brought up before. Hmm. So, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'd like to see a documentary on that. Dang it. I say, have you seen the Mythbusters where they 
they do several things the to bust the no. the hoax myths. No. Oh, we need to watch that. Then. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Mythbusters did an entire episode on the Apollo. So landings. did they say like the myth was busted? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's true that we landed. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Now I really want to see that. All right. We'll okay. have to watch it. We'll have to like look it up or something. I may own that episode. I can't remember if I do or not. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna do a movie too. I watched it today. It's a documentary, and I a what? <laughs> Renee has a hard time saying documentary, so I make documentary. 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 That's what I say. I'm saying it. Anyways, I watched a real life movie today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I will stop making fun of you. Continue. That's fine. Um. So Friday night. No, Saturday night. I was out with some friends. And they mentioned this movie about the fire Festival. And I never heard of it. And I'm like, I don't like documentaries, like, at all. And I was like, I'm, I don't want to watch this. But then they, like, kept talking about it. And I was like, okay, this kind of, like, sounds a little interesting. So I watched it over the course of, like, the whole day today because I was also parenting. So I just would, like, watch a little bit here and there. And definitely, just a side note, not something you want to watch with your kids. Like, they dropped the F-bomb quite a few times. Mm. So I only, like, ever watched it if Red was playing in his room and, like, was asleep. So anyways, um, just a little side note there. Definitely no, it's not family friendly. But it was super interesting. So I had never even heard of the Fire Festival. And to be honest... I can't even remember what year they said it happened. I think it was, it was in the past. 2017 or 18. Oh, so it was just it was like, like last year. Last year, the year before. Yeah. It was crazy what these guys like attempted to pull off. So it's called, um, the movie's called Fire Festival, the greatest festival that never happened. On Netflix only. It's on Netflix only. Yeah. So interesting. So I've already like chatted with you like a lot about it and people like they can Google it and figure out what it is. But basically these guys, um, just decided like we're going to put it on a festival on a deserted island and it became like the biggest scam ever and there were people who showed up that didn't have anywhere to stay they totally lied about like living quarters for people and there was like no food available for them no water uh the tents had mud in them the mattresses were soaking wet because there was like a huge downpour the morning before they like showed up it was so 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 bad but it was really interesting and this is this is something i forgot to mention earlier to you and i'm curious what like your thoughts are so the festival is like they were saying this should be like 12 months out is when like planning should be happening mm-hmm. like and these guys this is a music festival music right festival, it's supposed yeah. to be like a, a week of music i actually don't know how long it was supposed to be but it never happened so um but anyway so uh they were like just interviewing a ton of people and the head of the like sound and tech person okay he was only told 45 days in advance that he needed to build stage and lighting like from the ground up was given like nothing like he had to do all of it he was in 45 days to build the stage um get the lighting set and make it meet all eight artist demands. Holy crud. I like I thought that was pretty insane and he was like it's not normal, but that's like all he said. So 
Like, do you know anything about that? Like, 45 days is, like, not much, I mean, right? I don't know how much planning goes into these the, that big of an event yeah. and having that many artists. I mean, I feel like you could do it. You just have, you'd have to get the writers. A writer is a contract from the artist saying what they need to put on a show. Mm-hmm. So you just, you would need to get the writers from all of the artists. But I feel like just sourcing all of it Mm-hmm. getting it there that would be is yeah all planning because once everything's planned like the time to erect a stage mm-hmm. you can do it in a couple days i wonder i mean is that like waterproof or did they like did it they didn't say in the in I mean, the movie if it was like ruined but they had it set up before the water hit before no, the they rain can, came they can it can get rained on i mean okay. Some equipment is more prone to damage from water than others, so you'd okay. have to protect that more. But no, you can. Outdoor festivals happen all the time, and they get rained on, and oh, that's it's okay. True. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um, I just found that insanely interesting that it was like this guy was given a forty-five day notice. Like it wasn't just like. I mean, it was like eight artists. It was supposed to be like the music festival of this like century or right. whatever, and and uh, it just it was just crazy. So. It would just take that, it would take long to coordinate all the people for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get it all like mm-hmm. running out. appropriately. Yeah. So these guys just like scammed a ton of rich people, basically. And they, so this was the craziest part. They, there was not housing. Like they lied and said like people could buy two bedroom villas on the beach that never even existed. And so people like are buying these and, they show up and and he's like, if you bought a villa, it's actually a tent with everyone else who bought tents. And it, like these people just were super upset, obviously. But the crazy part is they like sold it as this like private island experience. And it mm-hmm. actually wasn't a private island at all. It was one of the like main, mainly inhabited, main inhabitants of the Bahamas. And just like crazy what these guys got away with yeah like i couldn't believe it i'd be interested to get into the mind of someone like this because i want to know did they believe what they were telling everyone did they think they were pulling off off. a great festival and that they were going to make it all come together i don't know anything about this but they kept mentioning that like woodstock is still talked about and there were hundreds of cars stranded and like yeah, stopped Woods- on the highway yeah, for Woodstock like days was awful people didn't have food or water a bunch of people died from drug overdoses like they keep mentioning they were like but woodstock is still talked about i was like but like is it ever talked about in a good light i don't know anything about woodstock like would you want that to be like your yeah woodstock your expectations is, woodstock is like the um, the pinnacle of music events that have ever happened. Jeez. It was planned out in the country. But it's only happened once because uh, of that? No, they, they've... they Woodstock has happened multiple times, but, like, Woodstock, like, the one that everyone talks about mm. is the first one. Uh, it was a similar thing. Like, they planned a music festival. It was out in the country. They planned for X amount of people to show up. And like 10 times what they planned for showed up. Oh, wow. And so, but at least, I mean, it was awful conditions because it rained. So it was muddy Uh, everywhere. But it wasn't 
people paid a ton of money to fly to a private island and they were promised a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. It was a concert got put on out in the middle of nowhere and way more people showed up than they planned for. Okay. So it's a, it's, I feel like that's a lot yeah. different. It like, still <laughs> happened. It was still a music festival. All of the artists came. I mean, okay. every artist that was any artist that you wanted to hear was, was there, there at Woodstock. Yeah. Interesting. So that is totally different because mm-hmm. they promised these people a ton of stuff. So they had to pay like a crap ton of money to even get like these private villas that didn't exist. Or, like, these tents that they said were, like, these awesome tents decked out. And they were actually leftover FEMA tents. And, like, it just was crazy. Like, the things that these guys just, like, lied to people about. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, one of the guys was just, like, seriously delusional. He just kept saying, like, we'll make it work. It'll be fine. But then all the people who were saying... It's not going to work out. You've got to figure out something else. Like this one guy, he was he was in charge of housing logistics. So he comes in and he's like, guys, it's not going to work. This is not going to work out. There's not enough room for the amount of people that you've sold tickets to. We're going to have to get a cruise ship and have it like sitting off the coast. And that's where we're going to have everyone stay. They'll just, we'll just have to like get little dinghies and go back and forth, which like kind of, they're like, that sucks, but at least everyone has somewhere to stay. Right. And it's a floating hotel. Yeah. So the guy comes into a meeting the the guy who was in charge of housing logistics, he comes into a meeting and they're like, yeah, so we're going to set up this many tents. And the guy's like, what do you mean tents? I thought we were doing a cruise ship. And they're like, oh no, we can't. That is too expensive. We're going back to tents. And the guy was like, no, it's not going to work. So he goes out, he brings his wife to the island and they stay in a tent one night and it's miserable. It's so hot. It's so humid. And there's mosquitoes like everywhere. And it's just like, it's awful. It's a tent. It's a tent. An island. Yeah. So, and he goes back and he's like, this is not going to work. You guys cannot do this. And they fire him. And that was the last, like, you see of him on the documentary. Because he just, he was like, it's not going to work. And they weren't okay with people telling them no. And that happened, like, over and over again. People would say no. And they would either have to get on board and shut their mouth or they'd get fired. And a lot of people were just like, I guess I'm getting on board. And they totally, like, they're getting interviewed and the... The person who's doing the interview is like, well, do you regret it? And a lot of them are like, oh, yeah, I wish I would have said absolutely not. So is it mostly uh, interviews or do they have footage as things? So Billy is the guy who like was the mastermind behind all of this. The guy who like did all the fraud, everything. Mm-hmm. He paid a crew to film everything. So there's a ton of stuff on video. Like wow. basically all of it's on video. So that tells me that he actually believed. Oh, yeah. He believed that he was going to pull this off. Oh, yeah. He believed that it was going to work. He wanted a behind-the-scenes documentary of it being awesome. A lot of the people were saying that they felt like it could happen. Like, even though they they were really experienced, they didn't see the money side of it. They didn't realize that he was just, like, scamming a ton of people and getting, like, a ton of money and not paying anyone. So they were like, I mean, putting on a concert is mass chaos towards the end. Like, you feel like it's chaos, and then it just, like, gets pulled off. Mm -hmm. And they were like, so we just thought that this was just another one of those. It feels like mass chaos, but everything's under control. Right. Whereas, like, that's not 
at all hmm. the case. Like, right. it was mass chaos. Even the locals, I told you this, this was crazy to me, but he had convinced the locals to, like, work 40 hours on end, take a tiny break, and come back to get, like, all this stuff set up for the people coming in. And the locals didn't get paid. And then the concert gets canceled and all the artists like back out and the locals are like, I'm not getting paid, am I? And so they put hits out on Billy and all his people and they have to, they end up like changing clothes with people, like trying to like hide and have to like, they like hid in the back of vehicles and like laid down just so they could get out of the island safely or off the island safely. Like that's how crazy this was and that's how much they were like, not great people and some of the things that they were willing to do to get this concert pulled off was like horrendous i could not believe it Mm -hmm. it was just crazy to me i yeah like i was watching this and i these people are crazy like i wished it was like a fake story but it was real it actually happened there are tons of people who are out tons of money because of this and this poor lady billy was such a smooth talker and she had a ton of money i don't remember why but he kept like going back to her and getting millions of dollars from her that she would just invest. And he was like, I promise you'll get it back. I'm going to pay you back. And like she was out just millions. I mean, probably like 50 million. It's just was crazy. So he's in jail for like six years. And then like he can't deal with money after that or something. There was like some laws that he has to follow or whatever. But it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, what, let's do one more book from you. Okay, uh, I'll go with a book that I've read many times. Ooh, dang it, I just suddenly thought of another book that I really like. Now I'm not sure which one I want to go we'll with. We'll do, <laughs> so we'll do another one of these podcasts. We'll, we'll say more books that we've been reading. I'll tell you more about the Enneagram okay. book. So, just choose one because we're kind of running out of time. Let, I'll go with one that probably less people have heard of this okay. time yeah. uh so that way it's kind of a recommendation for a book they can read i like it uh, it's called banner in the sky uh, i don't remember the author off the top of my head but it's the story of a boy who lives in like the swiss alps uh the name of the mountain is the matterhorn but i think it i think it's a fictional mountain i don't think it exists in real life but anyway okay so wait is this book real no, the book is fiction. Okay, okay. Yep. So uh, this boy lives in a mountain village, and basically the job to have there is to be a guide. So when climbers come in from around the world wanting to climbing, climb the mountains, the men of this village guide tourists up the mountains. Um, but this, the main character... His father died trying to climb the highest mountain, the Matterhorn. Okay. So his mother doesn't want him to be a mountain climber. Makes sense. <laughs> but every like cell in this boy's body, that's his desire like to climb to mountains. Huh. So he has a job as the dishwasher at the local hotel. The idea being he'll work his way up. His mother wants him to like own a hotel one day or be in hotel management. But whenever he gets a chance, he slips out to go climb the mountains. Like he doesn't climb the huge ones, mm-hmm. but he goes around the, the valley climbing the various smaller mountains. He has a stick that he's had hidden in a tree for a long time. But so then 
a tourist comes into town. Oh, so since the the main character's father died, no one has attempted climbing that mountain. Uh, it's just deemed too dangerous, impossible. No one can do it. Well, then this Englishman comes to town and decides he wants to climb it. Well, how does he? How do the characters meet? Oh, that's right. The Englishman was out on the mountain. Oh, it's the opening story to the, the, the book when the boy runs, one of the times he runs out of the kitchen, he's out on the mountain, he's on one of the glaciers, and he hears a cry for help. And stuck in a crevice of the glacier is this Englishman who has come to climb the Matterhorn. Uh-huh. So then these two characters meet, you know, they get to know each other. The Englishman learns that the boy wants to climb mountains, but, you know, he's not allowed to. So anyway, it's just the story of this boy eventually actually getting to climb the Matterhorn and Spoiler. the challenge of it and getting to the top. And yeah, <laughs> yes. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I'm sorry. You can catch on to that. But I said it pretty quietly. Um, anyway, so he gets to... Yeah, so he Eventually. gets he gets to climb the mountain. It's the story of him coming of age, climbing the mountain, etc. It's just it's a really good story. I enjoy cool. it. Cool. Yep. And that was called Banner in the Sky. Banner in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Cool. You'll find out at the end of the book what the title means. Cool. I'll leave that as a, unspoiled. <laughs> he gets to the top of the mountain and finds a banner. No. In the sky. No. <laughs> that says, "I love you, son." Love dad. His dad didn't make it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> okay, well, we'll definitely do more podcasts like this because we both read a lot and watch a lot. And I love talking about books. Used to read a lot. <laughs> I do. I'm fine now, but yes, enjoy reading. I really enjoy reading. Red and I do probably like an hour and a half to two hours a day where I read and he reads his books or plays. So it's fun. It's a good like That's awesome. chill time for me. And then Link is normally sleeping during that time. So I, I've been able to read a lot lately. But anyways, so we're gonna, definitely going to do a ton more like this. We love, love reading. And I want to finish the road back to you and tell all of you about your Enneagrams because I just love them. And I think it's so great to know who you are. We were just at someone's uh, wedding shower, and one of the things they had as part of the wedding shower is as the guests came in, they all wrote down suggestions of books because Mm -hmm. the couple getting married loves books as well. And I almost want to ask them if I could get a copy of a list of all the books that were suggested. That's a good idea. We should. Because they they like the more off-the-wall type of books, Mm -hmm. I feel like, that I like. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that the people who made suggestions tried to lean towards Mm -hmm. their type of books. But I don't know. Maybe they I gave a ton of suggestions. I'm pretty sure I wrote down like six books. Nice. So we will definitely have more podcasts like this. (laughs) Um, But anyways, that's all we have. We hope you guys enjoyed the three books we mentioned in the two movies and... Go watch or read them yourselves. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.